Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we are back from a little break and we have some questions from you guys that you sent in on Instagram. We talk about who we think is going to make it to Worlds this year, who's going on Simone's tour, and so much more. So stick around. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We truly appreciate it so much, and we hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, what's up? We are back after a two-week hiatus. Actually, maybe it was like three weeks. Not exactly sure. No, I think it was two. Was it? Okay, well, I'm losing track of time. Either way, (laughs) we took a break, a much-needed break, and we're back and ready to go. Yeah, so on our little break, we did go on vacation. I think we said that in our last episode. We went to Tennessee. That was our first time going to Tennessee. I don't know if you guys have been there, but... Very beautiful state. Super, super pretty. We saw a bear. It was our first time ever seeing a bear, so that was exciting. I told myself, like, my goal... I make goals for each vacation, because that's just (laughs) the kind of person that I am. And my goal for this one was to see a bear. I was not going to leave the state of Tennessee until I saw a bear and then lo and behold the first day we get there the first activity that we do we see a bear it was a baby bear it was really cute but we had a cabin in the Smoky Mountains it was really pretty we got to you know go and take a bunch of cool pictures and we were in Gatlinburg and if you guys have ever been to like the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area there's all kinds of stuff to do there so we highly recommend yeah we had a lot of fun and then after that I interviewed for a new job. That was also something that I think at the end of our last episode, I said that I was laid off. And that is true. I So I'm being laid off at the end of September and I will be starting now, luckily, a new position at the same agency. They're keeping me at the same amount of money that I'm making now, which is really nice because that was really stressing me out. Just because me and Ashley like just moved and I'm kind of just settling into my life and my flow of things. We're still and trying then, to figure out how to be adults. Yeah. And then my work, you know, they drop on me like, oh, hey, like the program that you're working for currently is like we lost our contract and you guys are all losing your jobs. Like you couldn't keep the job if you wanted to no yeah so luckily I'm transferring to just another department super thankful for that I wanted to provide that update not that anybody necessarily cares about my personal life but because I mentioned it last week I feel like I should probably just update people you. might be losing sleep over the fact that you got laid off you never know I think that's just me I think I was definitely <laughs> losing sleep over it but I do think it's relevant just with the podcast future me and Ashley have been having a lot of discussions about like how our schedule is going to be going forward not only in our personal lives but also with this podcast just because it's hard to really predict right now like I don't know what my work schedule is going to be yet Um, I'm going to be starting grad school next week actually a week from now depending on when you're listening to this so I don't also know how I'm going to manage that this is all new to me obviously Ashley goes back to school same time as you do yeah I'm an undergrad so my voice got really weird (laughs) it's morning when we're recording this so maybe that's I need to drink a little more water But yeah, I'm in undergrad still. I have one more semester left before I graduate. So that starts the same time as Brittany's school does. So we're just going to have to kind of play by ear on a week to week basis and kind of see, you know, how things are going. If it's possible for us to continue posting episodes every single week. We don't want to promise anything yet. Yeah. But we're also not saying that 
we're not doing the podcast. We don't take it that way. No. We're kind of just trying to like take it day by day for now or week by week maybe is a better way of saying it. Yeah. Because yeah. day by day is like I don't literally do the podcast every day. It's a weekly thing. It might be a day to day battle for us in our heads. But it's, it's like a what we're going to do that week. Yeah. But it's a week to week thing for you guys. <laughs> just kind of wanted to give you guys a little update on what was going on in our lives and what we're kind of thinking as for the future. But of course, you know, as life happens and as things change. We'll keep you guys in the loop as well. But for now, we're not going anywhere. We're glad to be back. And this week, we have some questions that we're going to be answering. We asked for questions on Instagram. Some of you guys sent some questions in. So we're going to go ahead and just dive right into that. So the first question is from Dickinson Stephanie. Technically, it's Dickinson.Stephanie. These are Instagram names, guys. But you know what I mean. (laughs) They want to know if you could go back in time and watch any meet, what would it be? Hmm. There's a couple. I think I would go with 1976 Olympics, Nadia Comaneci, very first ever perfect 10 in Olympic history. Wouldn't that be iconic to witness that? Whether it was in person or just watching it on TV. Like, you see the videos when you look it up on YouTube or it circulates around the internet. You see it all the time. But it's obviously not the same. But, like, imagine actually living through that and experiencing that. That would be so cool. Yeah, I think for me, I would say 1996 Olympics because it was in the United States. And that was obviously the first time that the U.S. women won the team gold medal. I feel like that was a really iconic moment. Not only in the history of gymnastics... But particularly for the U.S. Yeah. And it really kind of like changed the outlook within USA Gymnastics and knowing that, you know, it is possible for the United States to not only contend for medals, but to have it be gold. So I think to be in that atmosphere in the Georgia Dome, it would have just been so, so incredible. That was my second choice, was 1996 Olympics. So it was kind of back and forth between that. And then also seeing Olga Corbett live, I think that would also be really, really cool. Yeah. Just iconic moments in gymnastics history. The moments that you always hear about. Yeah, to be able to witness any of them live, whether like it's in person or on TV, just to witness it live, I think that would be so cool. So, but I think I'd have to go with Nadia for sure. The next question comes from Lisa Trout underscore on Instagram, and she wants to know what U.S. elites do we think will try for Worlds this year? So I think Simone's tour kind of adds another layer of complication to this because there's a lot of girls that I would originally think or maybe hope would be trying to go for Worlds, but then they're not. And then there's also those who are going off to college. So there's a lot of people that I want to go to Worlds or that would be perfect for this World Championships that kind of don't really know if they're actually going to go for it or not. Yeah, we're kind of in that weird rebuilding phase after the Olympics. And this happens every Olympics for every country, but... We've never actually had a world championships that's held within a couple months of an Olympic game. So it'll be interesting to see how all of these teams fare and what kind of teams they're able to put together. Because right now, looking at least from the United States side, because that's who we follow the most closely. And I feel like we know the most about, especially when it comes to like the, the talent pool. It's going to be hard, I think, to put together a team that is going to be, like, guaranteed to bring home, you know, any sort of medal. Not even gold. I'm just talking, like, medals in general. Like, that's something that, with the United States in particular, we were used to seeing the U.S. come home with lots and lots and lots of medals at World Championships. And, yeah, this year, I I just don't know, like we said, with the Olympics just happening, you know, injuries, people going up to college, people going on Simone's tour. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how this is going to shake out yet. What U.S. elites do we think are going to try for Worlds? I would say 
a lot of the girls that we saw competing at Olympic trials, like Zoe Miller, Amari Drayton yep. from WCC, uh, potentially Addison Fada. Also, I think Kayla DeSello, she's probably going to be the biggest name for the U.S. women yeah. going into this World Championships. Well, yeah, because she's the only alternate from the Olympic team that's even going to be sticking around because you have Kara Aker, Leanne Wan, and Emma Valbuyo who all went off to college already. Like, they're literally at college. You have Riley McCusker, who's at college. Morgan Hurd is going on Simone's tour. We also found out that Shailise Jones is going on tour. Yeah, and she's somebody that... I originally had in my like mental plans for world championships. Like I think she could go to this world and be amazing. Like this is a perfect opportunity for her to go to worlds and potentially win medals. But also Simone's tour, that's a rare opportunity. It only, you know, is going to happen one time. I mean, unless it happens again after the next Olympics, who knows? I mean, there's always been tours, but in the past, it's always been really just limited to the past, like, Olympians. Yeah, and this time, it kind of seems like a, there's a wide array of athletes, even international. Melanie Giudice's Dos Santos is going to be on the tour. There's all kinds of athletes, current and past, that are going to be on Simone's tour, which is really, really cool. But I think that, you know, Shailise was invited this is like an amazing opportunity for her as well to go and get that coin, make mm-hmm. some money. Yeah, which by the way, I guess also, I think we're going to sidetrack here for a split second. There's still a lot of confusion with the name image likeness rule and how that affects incoming college gymnasts. Apparently with the tour, they were able to find some sort of loophole that allowed really anybody to join this tour if they wanted to and then still be able to go to college like we're seeing with Morgan Hurd and eventually Shailis, I'm assuming. That was not something that initially I think anyone thought was a part of the plan. Which is why now tours have always been off limits in the past. Oh yeah, they have. And that's why now all of a sudden we're seeing so many more names join the tour list. It's because the NIL rules just went into effect. Yeah. So there's still a lot of confusion with that. A lot of things that we're still learning ourselves. So the only thing that I can think of that would be a potential loophole is that maybe if they're like framing it as if the girls are getting paid for like any autograph signings or like they do like a chalk talk or whatever. I forget exactly what they're offering for this tour as far as like the VIP tickets, Mm -hmm. but maybe they're getting paid for that kind of stuff and not necessarily for the gymnastics side of things. Right. Maybe that is the loophole. I can see that. Yeah, there has to be some way that they finagle it. Right. They're getting paid somehow and it can't be for them doing gymnastics there has to be something that they're labeling it as on the checks as like oh we're paying morgan for signing these autographs at all these tour stops and not for her gymnastics but she's still making coin from it wink wink right yeah yeah (laughs) which honestly like i love that for them more opportunities and they get the best of both worlds and i think that's great yeah like they can still go on to college someone like shailise she can still go for worlds in the future if she wants even if she's choosing to kind of you know forego this current world championships of this year it just yeah it opens up so many more opportunities for them which is really really exciting that's how it should be it always should have been that way where they can go to college and then they can also get their coin at the same time so we're here for that But back to the original question, we're talking about what U.S. elites we think are going to try for Worlds. We said Kayla DeSello, Zoe Miller, Mari Drayton from WCC. I think all of the WCC girls, like Sydney Barrows, Olivia Greaves, Karis German, like they all could in theory be in the mix for this now with so many of the other, I don't know if you want to say like bigger names from the U.S., either going to college or being out for whatever reason. Well, none of those girls are on the national team. Same with Connor McLean. Yep. None of them are on the national team right now, but to me that does not mean that they're not in the mix. I wanted to say with Sydney in particular, she's been posting some videos of herself this summer working on new 
upgrades and she's been looking really good so I can kind of see her being in the mix and being a favorite for that world's team. I guess we'll just have to see. I don't know who all was invited to there's like a selection camp I guess if you will and I don't know exactly who was invited to that so we're gonna have to wait and see but I think that the names that we said here they're definitely gonna be the biggest names that are in contention for that team. Some other names that I think totally would have been in contention for this world's team if it had not been for injuries at Olympic trials, ironically, both came at Olympic trials, Sky Blakely and Emily Lee, yeah. potentially. I think they easily could have been at this world championships, easily could have meddled. Oh, yeah. Sky Blakely was one that I think a lot of people were talking about because she was going for the Olympics. She had set that as one of her goals for this year. And if that didn't work out, she was going to be around for Worlds anyway. So she was somebody that I think a lot of people were really looking forward to seeing as possibly being on that team and making her international, well, I guess not her international debut, but her World Championship debut. She had elbow surgery back in July. So I'm not quite sure like the timeline for that with recovery and you know where she's at in that process but I mean now she's you know over a month post-op so I don't quite know if her intentions are to still go for worlds this year or if she's even you know physically able to I, I know nothing about injuries in the you know the timeline for recovery with some of them so um yeah, there's still a lot of unknowns here yeah but she's somebody that I would like to see in the mix if she's physically able and healthy enough to be. Chelsea Memel is somebody who I think all year long we were kind of hoping she would be ready for this competition, mm -hmm. especially with the way things ended at US Championship. She didn't advance to Olympic trials. We were kind of holding out for her potentially going to the World Championships. And then we find out that she's going on tour, which is amazing. I think for someone like her, it's probably been so long since she's been able to do gymnastics and make money from it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is a really cool opportunity for her, but a little bit bummed we won't get to see her at Worlds. However, she did say she's not done with gymnastics. Which so. makes me very happy. That basically means she's going for the next Olympics, right? <laughs> like, that's I mean, what she's saying. We're already... Right, maybe I shouldn't say halfway there. I almost said we're halfway there. We're not. The Olympics just ended. Slow your roll. We're not halfway there. We're like three years away. I know, but it feels closer than it would if the Olympics had been in 2020. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so yeah. like, it seems like it's not that far away. And if she's saying that she's not done... I think there's a good possibility that she's going to try and stick around for the next Olympics. And it just gives her more time to, like, put together routines, get healthy, because I know that she's dealing still with some small little injuries here and there. And hasn't been able to train vault and floor to the same, you know, capacity that she has bars and beams. Yeah. So I just think that more time is just going to allow Chelsea to get better and better. And down the line, she could possibly contend for world or Olympic medals. And in the end, I think we're all still winning because we get to see her on Simone's tour and then we get to see her come back and hopefully compete again. So I really don't think anyone is losing in this situation. So getting into the next question, which is along the same lines of world championships from Sophia underscore D6, they want to know our prediction for who's going to make it to worlds. Now, there's no specifications here on whether it's just the U.S. team, if it's international. So I guess just in general, what are your predictions? Well, I guess well, maybe we'll start with the U.S. team. Yeah. Kind of piggybacking off of the discussion we just had, and then we'll talk just predictions in general for Worlds. So it's early on. I still feel like there's so much unknown and a lot that can happen between now and then. But if I had to pick my team right now, I think I'm going to go with Kayla DeSello, 
I feel like it's probably safe to say that she's a lock. Mm-hmm. She's, I think, out of the current pool of contenders she's that we know, top. she's the top. Yeah. Connor McClain I have on the team. She's at Woga now. Not really sure how she's looking. We haven't really got a whole lot of updates on like how she's doing, but she has stated that her goal is to go to the world, so I'm assuming that that's something that she's gearing up for and that she'll be in contention at the very least. I have Zoe Miller on my team. So do I. She was somebody who really impressed me at Olympic trials. and Her bars are her, beautiful. Yes, her bars are really good. Her she double got, layout on floor. She got seventh on bars at trials, then she got sixth on bars at nationals. So she's, you could say, is one of the best bar workers right now in the country. And like you said, floor, super powerful. She's just that perfect mix of power and, I don't want to say grace, but she has this look to her that I think would be scored well internationally. And I'm really hopeful that this will be her chance to shine. And then I also have Sydney Barrows from World Champion Center on my team currently. Okay, all right. So ours are pretty similar. I had Connor Kayla and Zoe as well. And then in my fourth spot, I had a combination, so one or the other, of Amari Drayton and Addison Feda. Okay. But I'd be down with Sydney. I'd be down with anybody, honestly. Like, I don't feel too strongly about my predictions at this point. Um, that will probably change as time goes on and we see more and we know more. But for now, yeah. I'm just happy with really anybody who's getting the chance. I think it would be helpful if we have a list of who is actually trying to go to Worlds so we know for sure. Yeah, because there's still so much up in the air. Like, we were talking about Shailise Jones earlier. We don't know if she's going to every tour stop. Like, she hasn't confirmed that. We just know that she's going on tour, but is she going to just a couple stops and then going for Worlds later in the year? Because the dates conflict. So it's going to be difficult for anybody to do both. We have... The tour, which starts September 21st, and it goes through November 7th. And then we have Worlds right smack dab in the middle of that, which is October 18th through the 24th. So so you could, in theory, go to a couple tour stops at the beginning yeah. and still go to Worlds. But if she's going to be doing the whole, or at least majority of the tour, it's not going to work out, I don't mm-hmm. think. With going to selection camp and you know how they get to the world championships early like at least a week or two early then you actually have the world championships and flying back from japan like there's a lot to factor in there yeah. i just don't think it's all going to align so curious to see what happens there and that also applies to melanie DeJesus dos santos mm-hmm. she's going on simone's tour as well and a lot of people were thinking that she was going to be at world's and it's kind of looking like that's also not going to happen. So, again, not confirmed at this point in time. Just a lot of speculation based off of the timetables for both of those events. Yeah. So, now speaking internationally, do you have any thoughts or maybe hopes for that? I will say I did an interview with Rebecca Andraji from Brazil. And she is going to Worlds. Well, okay. She's trying for Worlds. She hasn't made any. She hasn't, I mean, she'll probably <laughs> be going to Worlds. But you know, something like outrageous happens. I mean, she has torn her ACL three times. So you never, you never know. Um, knock on wood. We're not manifesting. Right. That. No, we're definitely not trying to jinx her. But I feel like she's just on a high right now. Second in the all-around at the Olympics. Gold on vault. I could see her winning the whole thing. Okay, not the whole thing. But like winning the all-around. I mean, winning floor. Winning vault. She could win a lot. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be her world championships. And what's crazy is that she's only ever been to one world championships. Because she tore her ACL in 2015. Missed that world championships, came back in time for the Olympics, 
Then she tore it again in 2017. I believe it was in podium training at World Championships. Finally got to compete in 2018 at Worlds. And then she tore her ACL again in 2019. Yeah. So she hasn't really had a lot of opportunities to shine on the world stage. And I Aside think, from the Olympics. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, literally, like, the world championship stage. Like, she really hasn't had that many opportunities. And I just feel like this could be her year. Yeah. Oh, I think if she's at world, she's going to be a massive threat for multiple medals, possibly gold medals. I also think that the Russians are going to look really strong. Again, we don't really know who the team is, like who's going, who's not. I believe I read that Victoria Listinova and Vladislava Arazova yeah. were going for Worlds, which is going to be huge for Russia because obviously they are two of their top all-around gymnasts. Oh yeah, they're going to be in contention for the all-around podium as well. Yes. And then there's Angelina Melnikova. She is back in training as of this week. And she has said that she's going to try for Worlds, but she doesn't know if she's going to be ready. So she's kind of up in the air right now. It's like she might be there. She might not be there. Either way, though, I think that Russia has a strong enough pool of contenders. Even looking at somebody like Elena Gerasimova from Russia, she was on the Olympic team and has so much more potential than I think what she actually showed at the Olympics. She was in that plus one spot, by the way. Yes. And I could see her possibly getting a spot on the actual team at Worlds. And she's a beautiful beam worker. Mm -hmm. So like maybe a beam medal, question mark. I feel like there's a lot of talent. Yeah, I'd be here for that. And then also the Gadarova twins. Yeah, I have high hopes for them. They were 10th and 13th in the all-around finals at the Olympics. That was the highest finish ever for a Great Britain athlete in the Olympics. So I think they're going to be in the mix as well. So much talent. Really, I think just even in the next couple of years, we're really going to see them continue to progress and shine even more than they did in Tokyo, which is their first Olympics. They were so young. I say they were so young as if like we're like looking in the past. Time is like massively past and they're just like so much older now. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, they're, they're really young and we could just see the potential that they have and also still see how much room they have to grow, which yeah. is really, really exciting and promising. I think for them to contend, you know, for an all around medal, also a floor medal, this applies to both of them because they have very similar strengths. Um, I totally can see them in the mix. Mm-hmm. There's also, of course, the Chinese athletes. We can't forget about them. Although they didn't have the greatest showing at the Olympics, I still think you can count out people like Liu Yufei. Like, she is somebody who has been looking so strong as of late and really felt like leading up to the Olympics. With each competition she was in, she was getting better and better. You know, although she didn't have necessarily the performance at the Olympics that she would have wanted, I'm hoping that she continues on to Worlds because I definitely think that she would be in the mix. She's going to get that redemption. It's so hard to say, though, right now, just because we don't know who actually has intentions of actually training for Worlds. Because, like, training for the Olympics and the whole buildup for that is really, really stressful for athletes. So I'm not really sure how many of them you know, actually want to push through and keep going on for another big international competition. I'm and so impressed by the girls who can go to the Olympics and then go right back in the gym and start training again. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, I personally feel like I want downtime after that. Yeah. I'd be on vacation somewhere tropical 
and turning off my phone for like the next month (laughs) and probably still not even going back to the gym after that. Like you just, some of them just need time off. So it is difficult at this point in time to say like who we think is actually going to contend for medals when we don't even really know a lot of these athletes intentions yet. But for now, I think these are people that we have either heard from or we have a pretty good feeling that they'll be back and really looking forward to seeing not only how they do, but also who ends up being in the mix on top of that. Moving on to the next question, it comes from c.h.e.l.l.3 on Instagram. And they want to know, do we have merch? So yes, we do. It is on our website, allthingsgympod.com. Well, actually, it's on TeePublic. That's actually the site that it'll take you to to buy the merch. And you can see everything that we have. But an easier way to access it is just going to our website, which is in the description or in the show notes or you just type in allthingsgympod.com, you'll see a little tab on our website that says store, and then you click that, and then it'll take you to our Public. We don't have a big variety of stuff, but we have a couple of things. We have some stuff that says the name of the podcast on it. We have a shirt with like our logo on it. And then we have some just random gymnastics-type merchandise as well, like fun t-shirts. We don't claim to be graphic designers or anything cool like that. These are just um, basic shirts that Ashley has put out. I think they're nice. Like, I actually think they kind of turned out thanks. And I actually want to use this as an opportunity to give a plug to Half and Half Out because their merch is actually... You're like, do you have merch? And I'm like, yeah, but go buy this person's merch. (laughs) Yeah, Half and Half Out, there's slaps, honestly. (laughs) It's so good. And ours, it's okay, but... (laughs) So if you... Why wow. buy merch? She really set us up to plug ourselves, and we're like, no, we're not gonna do that. We're the worst. We're not. We're not good salespeople. <laughs> it's like someone comes in to buy a car, and you're like, we don't really have any good cars, but like across the street, they have really good cars. <laughs> Go give them your business. No, we if you want to buy our merch, we'd be appreciate it. But I'm just saying, half and half outs merch is really good too. The next question comes from GML Spartan191, and they want to know how did you become a fan of gymnastics? So we've said this before on the podcast, but we actually we kind of went into it more in our episode with Carly Patterson because she is one of the main reasons we fell in love with the sport of gymnastics. So I think as far as exactly how it happened, I remember our mom recorded the 2004 Olympics on VHS tape. Some of you might not even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, VHS tapes. Yeah. We had like a massive collection of them. We did. We had basically every meet from 2004 Olympic trials to 2013 American Cup, I think, was when we stopped. Anyways, we had that recorded on VHS. And then, like, I don't know what prompted that. Like, I don't know why our mom decided, but... We were all for it. We loved it. We watched it all the time. And then the Olympics happened and we watched Carly win gold and we loved it. That was around the time that this kind of ties into another question, but this is around the time that I started gymnastics and I like totally wanted to be Carly Patterson and we kind of just became obsessed. Yeah. We watched the tapes literally every single day. A lot of our older tapes are almost ruined because we rewound them so much that they, like, skip when you play it. Like, it's it's hard to watch. It's, like, static almost. Yeah. Just for us constantly, like, rewinding and pausing and then fast-forwarding. Like, we're talking every day after school. We would get off the bus, grab a snack, and then we would go watch the 2004 Olympics. Yeah. And our mom actually took away the 2004 Olympics. I can't remember if we said this or if we ended up editing it out when we did our Carly episode, but... Our mom actually took away the 2004 Olympics as punishment one time because, like, what else do you take away from gymnastics fans as punishment, right, when they're kids? So she took that away, and then one day I was out 
I forget if I was out with my mom or dad. I guess it doesn't matter to you guys. But I get a call from Brittany on our parents' cell phone. It was like a dinosaur cell phone. Because this is back in like 2004, 2005. Actually, wait, it was 2005. Yeah. Because it was the American cop that was on TV. And Brittany calls me and she's like... I swear we've told this story before, but... I think we did in one of the episodes. Okay, I don't well, think it was the Carly one, but it was like a pass. Well, you're going to hear it again. Um, Brittany calls, and she's like, oh, man, the Olympics are on. Like, I think I talked like that as a seven-year-old, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> Whatever. You basically, that was how I felt you were talking. You're yeah. like, dude, the Olympics are on. And it, obviously, it's not the Olympics. It's the 2005 American Cup, but she had, like, no idea. Like, we didn't understand the nuances of gymnastics. We just knew it was gymnastics. And we thought anytime it was on TV that it was the Olympics. Yes. Everything was the Olympics. And I remember coming home, and I found out Brittany had recorded it. So we had a brand new VHS to watch. And I literally, to my mom, was like, ha, huh, what now? Like, you can keep the 2004 Olympics because we have the 2005 Olympics. Yeah. Like, what now, bitch? <laughs> I did not say that to my mom, by the way. Yeah, but this is our interpretation as adults of how this conversation went. Yes. So anyways, I think from that point forward, we were just really invested into making sure that we catched anytime there was gymnastics on TV. We recorded it. I remember 2005 U.S. Championships came on. Same deal. We were like, why are the Olympics on so many times in one year? Like, we just didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of our beginning in the sport of gymnastics. And then it went on from there into other things like us on YouTube and making montages and then with our blog and kind of now where we are today. So we have a whole episode about our our lives as gymnastics fans. Yep. It's called The Tale of Two Gym Fans. Yep. Okay. I knew we talked about this before. So if you want to know more about it, you can go listen to that episode if you're interested in it. Next question comes from Anywhere Krista, and they want to know, is it me or could most of the Tokyo team end up in Paris? And then they said, minus Meg, because she'll be Prague. Which, to be honest... I could see that happening because Michaela has talked about in her YouTube videos several times that she wants to have again. So, like, like I think that when she's done with tour, that's like she wants to graduate from college, and I think she wants to start a family. Like that's I think yeah. her timeline for that. So you might be onto something there. I, <laughs> I agree with you there. I think as far as the rest of the team, I could see Suni sticking around and she has said that she wants to stick around grace has also said that she wants well she didn't say she wants to stick around but someone asked her on instagram the other day and she put like the eye emoji so she's basically saying like we'll see yeah like she's She's, not rolling it out she's entertaining the idea of it those are the only two i think other than maybe simone (laughs) i have we talked about this on here yet i don't think so we talked about it on the space that we did with half and half out i think simone will be back I think with the way that her Olympics ended, I could see her coming back as well. Also, the fact that it's going to be in Paris, Cecile is from France, and just, yeah, things not really going how anyone thought they would, probably how she wanted it to go, and we're only three years away. I could see her maybe taking a year off after the tour, yeah, and then coming back for the final two years, kind of like she did with Rio. Yeah. So I can see that happening. So that would mean maybe Simone, Grace, Suni... Um, I don't know if I see Jordan coming back. I don't really, I can't tell you why I feel that way. It's just my feeling. I see her going to UCLA and then just being done. Yeah. I don't know if I really see any of them besides Suni and Simone. Like, that's my just mm-hmm. gut feeling about it. I think I can see Grace trying, but then, like, not going the whole way, if that makes sense. Because of college. Yeah, like, I can see her, like, training and attempts to make a comeback in Elite, but it not working out. 
I don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why I feel this way. This is just, like, my, what my gut is telling me. <laughs> Who knows? I'll look back on this and I'll be completely wrong, just like we were in our Olympic predictions episode. <laughs> but... I don't know. I, I agree. I think I can see SUNY. I can visualize SUNY being there and I can visualize Simone being there. I don't know about anyone else. Jade. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, I forgot about Jade. I didn't forget about her. I just don't know if I see it. I guess I could see it. Maybe. To be honest with you, I could see her not going to college and just sticking with Elite. Really? But she is going to college. She's going to Oregon State, which love that, by the way. I love that a program... Well, between Auburn and Oregon State are getting Olymp- the only two, Olympic champions two Olympic from the champions. US. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So I'm not like trying to say that I don't want that to be happening. But I just can't see Jade in college. I can see her sticking with Elite. I see her going to college. Well, I know she's going to go. I just don't. It's not what I ever would have imagined for her. Right. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. But I guess I could see her coming back. I don't know. <laughs> I was like literally going do, 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 back and forth with each of these girls. I'm confident about Suni. I'm fairly confident about Simone. The rest, I'm kind of like, eh. I can see Grace attempting and I can possibly see Jade attempting. I guess let us know, guys, what you think. If you have thoughts on this, let us know because I do want to hear what other people think. Because <laughs> me and Brittany are just like, we don't know. I, I feel like I know nothing at this stage. In regards to literally everything, I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes it's truly just a guessing game. Like at this point, we have no no good reason to really believe one way or the other. Yeah. Because they all say after the Olympics that they want to come back and half the time none of them do. Because I'm pretty sure Madison Koshin was the same way. She went to college and she was kind of like not ruling out an elite comeback and then she, she never, never even tried. So you kind of have to take everything that they say right now with a grain of salt, as bad as that sounds. Yeah. It sounds like we're telling you not to trust what they say but no it's just so much can they, like they don't even yeah know. they don't even know at this point so much is going to happen between now and then it it's really just a guessing game at this point <laughs> there's, no, there's no good reason one way or the other to believe that they are or they aren't the next question comes from suzanne.okeefe underscore and they want to know what our favorite moment was from the 2020 olympics so the first thought that comes to my mind is the all-around final in the podium. Yep. <laughs> Suni winning the gold medal, Rebecca Andrade getting the second, history made on both ends there. Yep. And then Ingelina Melnikova getting the bronze. Not necessarily history, but I think with her only having one medal in her first Olympics in 2016, it was a team medal, to finally getting an individual medal at Worlds in 2019, and then to repeat that performance at the Olympics and get a, an Olympic medal in the all-around final is a very big deal for her. Yeah. And I really like her. She's one of my favorites. So I was just happy with that podium. And it's weird to say that because obviously I think coming in, we all thought Simone was going to win. And I would have been very happy with Simone on the podium as well. But yeah, I kind of liked how this podium turned out. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Of course, shocker. I mean, you don't have different opinions, really. I think seeing Suni win and kind of get a little bit emotional with the tears in her eyes and the genuine happiness... I remember feeling so genuinely happy for her in that moment. And same with Rebecca Andrade and Angelina Malakova. Just the history that was made really across the board for everybody. Um, also the floor final. I remember being really happy with that and just like the podium and the fact that there was no tiebreakers. We had mm-hmm. two bronze medalists. Yeah, I just loved that. And also the love. We've said this before on the show, but the love from everybody like, these athletes really love each other, support each other, want the best for each other. And you can see that, like, 
I'm thinking in the all-around final, after they got off the podium with their medals, Suni, Rebecca, and Angelina, they were, like, taking selfies, and they were just, they were just so happy that they, they were there. They seemed like they're all just friends. Like, no one was upset, and that was the first time that I can recall, in, like, recent years at least, where, like, everyone was just so happy and satisfied. There was no, like, sad tears. There was no, like, oh, I was so close, but I didn't do it. Yeah. Like, everyone was just so happy, and I was happy for them. And supportive, too, because even as far as Simone and everything that she was going through, to see the gymnastics community and other athletes, even outside of gymnastics, really rally behind her and stand up for her, I thought it was beautiful to see. Simone's beam routine was my other favorite. Her hitting her beam routine, getting the bronze medal, and coming back from everything that she went through, seeing all the people supporting her as she was going through that. And I think the fact that Simone was so happy with a bronze medal on beam, like she looked so relieved and genuinely happy in that moment. Even for Guan Chen Chen and Tan Shi Jing from China, who got gold and silver, like she was happy for them. And she wasn't like angry that she got a bronze on beam again like she did in Rio. She wasn't angry that she didn't win the gold and she was leaving these Olympics with you know no gold medals. Like she was just at peace it felt like and then somebody in the audience had a cutout of her two dogs Lilo and Rambo and yeah. she saw them afterwards and she like lit up and was so excited and the pictures from that are really cute and her leotard was beautiful she looked so beautiful in it like yeah. I love going back and looking at photos of her from that beam final just because of how like happy she looks and she's glowing and it just felt like you know a piece of the old Simone again and I think to have herself go out on a, a better note, a higher note than she was, you know, throughout the Olympics. It was nice to see. And mm-hmm. I was really happy for her to come away with another, you know, well, not not another, the only individual medal that she had at that games, but another medal um, to add to her collection. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Ella with two A's that illustrates, and this is the one that I basically kind of already answered, but do you got, did you guys do gymnastics when you were younger? I... I as an Ashley did. I did gymnastics for about three years. Wasn't a high level or anything. It was just something that I did for fun. And Brittany did not do gymnastics. No. Nope. We were better fans than we were athletes. So the activity that I did when I was younger was dance. I did dance from the age of five until I think 13. So I think it was about eight years I stopped, not because I didn't love doing it, but just because of, like, financial struggles with our family and having, you know, three other siblings and everybody kind of doing their own activities. And I think it just became a lot. My parents couldn't afford it. So I stopped doing dance. Um, Ashley had to stop doing gymnastics at that point. Wow, I feel like I'm, like, really, like, giving people personal information here. But no, I mean, it's the truth. Like, it wasn't like we stopped because we didn't love it or anything. I mean, truly, there were so many points where I would, like, miss gymnastics or I was, you know, wishing that I could just go into a gym and do gymnastics. I think that if I had the opportunity to continue, that I would have. But I also, let's be real, I'm, like, very aware of my abilities. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't think you would have thrived? No, I don't think I... (laughs) I don't think things were going up for me They're just going downhill. No, sorry, guys. I'm really self-deprecating. Um, and it's part of my humor. But, I mean, I wasn't very good. I just was doing it for fun. So, the next question comes from Jim Boy 10 And they want to know, how many total plays on anger? So random, lol. <laughs> so, if I look at the app here. So, it gives us a number... And I'm not exactly sure if this is like an accumulative number from like all of our platforms combined. I'm assuming that it is. 
Yeah, because we distribute the podcast through Anchor and you can listen to it on Anchor, but that's not where majority of the people listen to our podcast. Like they listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts is right. the biggest one. Yeah. So I I don't know if this is combining all of the platforms that we're on and the amount of listens that we have or what. It doesn't really specify. It just says total plays. So. Yeah. So the total number of plays according to the Anchor app is around 158,000, which is kind of a lot. Like I'm really shocked that that many of you have listened to our podcast yeah so we've had it for a little over a year and a half now i think yeah around that which is cool yeah because i thought we would get no more than 10 so yeah (laughs) so shout out to all of you for listening to this next question it comes from allison m lewin and they want to know why charlotte drury was bumped into the second alternate position on trampoline so basically what we're gathering from this is that there was three qualifiers for this one spot on the U.S. Olympic trampoline team. And at the second qualifier, an athlete had complained about the lighting situation. So USA Gymnastics, they offered a redo performance for the next day for anyone that was competing in that qualifying meet. And it was for everybody. Like everybody that was at that meet had the opportunity to redo their performance because of the lighting. And it turns out that Sarah Webster, who had not the best performance on the first day, she actually hit during this redo performance and then therefore got put into the first alternate spot. And where things become a little dicey is that Charlotte Drury, she was competing at a World Cup that was happening at the same time. And that was actually serving as the second qualifier for her and a couple other athletes as well. And she, along with all the other athletes that were at that World Cup, didn't get to redo their performance. So basically, all of the athletes that were at this qualifier with the lighting issue got to redo their performance. And the ones that were not there and that were competing internationally at this World Cup they did not get to redo their performance, which is really stupid in my opinion and not fair because you have one that's an international meet and one that's domestic. Well, and then you have to factor in two for, you know, Charlotte and everybody else who was competing internationally. There's so many other factors that go into that, like Mm -hmm. travel, just the stress of traveling, the time change, being in an unfamiliar environment. So it's not really fair in my opinion to have one qualifier be a domestic competition and the other qualifier be something that's an international meet. Yeah. When there's all of those factors that you have to consider. Right. They should have the whole qualification process be domestic. It should all be one series of events. Yeah. Just like the Olympic trials for gymnastics. It's two competitions back to back. It should be that way for all disciplines and gymnastics. That way you're all on the same playing field. Yeah. And then that way they all could have had the redo. Like, Everyone could have had a redo and it would have been more fair that way instead of like some of you get to redo, some of you don't. Yeah. Kind of bullshit in my opinion. Anyways, what what came of that was there was a USAG grievance that was filed after the second qualifier that basically overturned those redo results. But it didn't stop there because there was a third USOPC grievance that was filed after the announcement of the Olympic team. And then that overturned... The USAG overturn. It's it's kind of confusing. So basically, it put the redo results back into place. Yes. And as a result, Sarah Webster was the first alternate out, and Charlotte was moved from first alternate to the second alternate. Yeah. 
Now, I think it's important to note here that this isn't Sarah's fault. I think people might hear the situation and their first... Like, she she or her coach weren't the ones who even requested that redo anyways. Yes. I don't even know what athlete it was, right. if it's even public. I don't know that, but... So, I think it's easy for our first response to be kind of annoyed, annoyed at Sarah because this happened, but, like, it's not her fault. She... She benefited from the bullshit, but it's not her fault. It wasn't her doing. Um, it's more bullshit on the U.S. OPC's fault, on the USA Gymnastics' fault, for even allowing the selection process to be this way in the first place. Yeah. There's definitely other people to pin the blame on in this situation, not the athlete. So we just want to make that clear. But it's really unfortunate, and I feel bad for Charlotte that happened, because I know that she was really upset about it, and... You know, there was a lot of people on Twitter that were talking about this, and, you know, Lori was tweeting stuff, and which I really appreciate, because I think that a lot of us gymnastics fans only pay attention to artistic gymnastics, really, mm-hmm. and not so much trampoline. So um, I, I didn't even initially know that this was happening until it was brought to our attention by Charlotte and Lori, which, you know, that's it, I think it's great that, to have them speaking out, especially for Charlotte, like, advocating for herself like that. And so fresh after it happening, too. It wasn't like years yeah. later we're hearing about it. Like, this just happened. It was happened. right after the Olympic trials. Like, yeah, she, had, she hadn't even traveled to Tokyo as an alternate. And she and was basically calling out the bullshit, which is good for her. Yeah. Next question is from D underscore Hooves. And they want to know, what percent of your top 10 gymnasts each are the same? I'm just curious how different or the same. So I think initially when I saw this question, I my thought was, me and Brittany are the same. <laughs> like, we have the same favorite athletes for the most part. Like, there's not anyone that Brittany likes that I don't like and yeah. then vice versa. We tend to have the same thought processes and like a lot of the same things. And that applies to more than just gymnastics. I think we have very similar interests and passions and, you know, whatnot outside of gymnastics. So it translates to gymnastics as well. However, he did specifically ask for our top 10 gymnasts, and we didn't do that. So should we pause and come up with our top 10 gymnasts of all time and compare them? Yeah, we can. I think we should. Be right back. Okay, so on the fly, we just came up with our top 10 list. I want to say that this isn't, like, an exhaustive list. There's definitely more gymnasts that I like. There's some on this list that I'm really, really passionate about. Like, they will absolutely always go down as my favorite gymnasts ever of all time. Yeah. Some of these are current gymnasts that I really, really like and feel strongly about. Um, And there's definitely more gymnasts that you could put on this list as well. But these were just the ones that were calling my name. I was trying to think of when I look up a video on YouTube, who do I type in first? Like, who are people that I'm drawn to right away? When you're bored and you want to watch gymnastics. Yes. So this is kind of what this list is for me. A lot of mine, I think, is more, like, nostalgic. When I think back of me as a kid and what got me into gymnastics and who got me into gymnastics and the people that I remember watching, I think a lot of my favorites tend to be those people Mm -hmm. with a little bit of current people sprinkled in for personal reasons. Okay. So do we want to just read the lists, like, me go and then you go? We can both read our top number one. Okay. So are yours in order? Yes. Mine aren't. Why not? I mean, I guess they could be in order. Like, I, I agree with this. Okay, it's fine. But Jordan Weaver is number one. I have Jordan Weaver number one, too. And I know that we said Carly Patterson is the one who got us into gymnastics. I did bump her down to number two on She's my favorite She's my number list. two as well. Because Jordan Weaver ruled my life for a period of time. Like, I literally dedicated my whole life to being a fan of her. <laughs> so, 
I feel like that's why, like, sentimental reasons. Yeah. She's number one. Just being from Michigan, growing up kind of in the same area as her, being around the same age as her. Like, I just, I totally idolized her. And I love her gymnastics. So, she probably will always be my number one, followed by Carly Patterson. Yep. And then I have Sean Johnson. Okay. I had Lori Hernandez in third, and Sean Johnson was fourth. Okay. I have Sean Johnson third, Lori Hernandez fourth. I think you could flip them. Like I said, I, I didn't originally write this in any particular order. It was just kind of what was coming to mind. I'm fine with either or. You could flip Sean or Lori. I love them both. I think the kid me loved Sean. The love for Lori was different because I'm just, I'm older than Lori, so it just feels different. It's different when you're a kid and you look up to someone who's older than you and you want to be like them. Yeah. It's just a different feeling, I guess, but I love them both for different reasons. (laughs) Fifth, I have Simone Biles. I have Simone Biles. So so far, we're like 100% here to answer your question. (laughs) Sixth, I put Allie Raisman. I wasn't really, like, super into her during her gymnastics career. I I appreciated her gymnastics, but it was more so, like, after she retired. I just respected her a lot more for, like, everything else that she was doing outside of the sport. Yeah. And obviously, she's a phenomenal gymnast as well. So, I think that, if I'm being fair, she definitely is up there with some of the greatest of all time. I have Flavia Sariva as my six. I love her gymnastics. She's so beautiful. Like, as a gymnast and also as a person, I just, I love her. She's perfect. Her gymnastics is, like, I can perfect. watch her all day long. Yeah. I have Flavia on my list, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, seventh, I put Rebecca Andrade. I'm totally into her right now. I love that she made history for her country. She seems like a really nice, sweet girl. Seems like she's a lot of fun. Great person. I don't know. I just, I like her. I vibe with her. In seventh, I have Anna Pavlova from Russia. I almost put her. I love her gymnastics. 2004 Olympics, but like we said before, the first, well, technically the second meet that we watched, because we watched Olympic Trials, but um, yeah, I remember just absolutely loving her gymnastics, then she went on to the 2008 Olympics, and just classic, timeless gymnastics that never gets old. On every event, too, you could say. Yeah. I almost put her on, but I actually went for Senia Seminova instead. I almost put her. (laughs) So Senia competed in the 2008 Olympics, and... I loved her putting on the Ritz floor routine. I think that her gymnastics is, well, was phenomenal. Super clean, super precise. I think that you have a strong argument for why she could have won the bronze medal in the all-around. Then in ninth, did you say, wait, did you say your eighth? No, my eighth is Morgan Hurd. Okay, mine was Senia, and then my ninth was Flavia Sareva. Okay. Yep, I have Morgan Hurd on my list just because... I've loved watching her gymnastics throughout the years. Her Florentines, we've said this before on the podcast, but her Florentines are truly some of my favorites of all times. And like not just one of them. She has multiple of her Florentines in my personal top favorite Florentines of all time. So yeah, that's a good one. And I think just who she is as a person, the things that she stands for, it aligns with a lot of, you know, my beliefs and the things that I stand for. So I really relate to her in that way and appreciate all the advocacy that she's done for not only her community, but just the gymnastics community as well. Oh, so you guys bonded over your large bookshelves. We did, yes, because I also love to read. So um, Morgan's a really cool person, and I think, yeah, her, her gymnastics aside, and it's funny because I remember we talked about this with her in the interview. Like, I think I more admire her for who she is as a person outside of her gymnastics, mm-hmm. and that's why she's on my favorites list. Love it. And then 10th, I have Connor McLean. You must have got ahead of me at some point because I'm on nine. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I must be getting that excited here. 
Yeah, you must have like really. We'll have to go back and listen to this. You must have like really whipped through yours, cause yeah, I'm only. Oh, I said them all. I'm nine. I have some Tessapama. Okay. Oh, good one. Cause like child me, love Chantessa Palma, and I still yeah. do to this day. Like her gymnastics also does not get old. See, you're saying people that I don't have, and then I'm like, oh yeah, like I'd put them on my list too. So in the end, we're just gonna say like a hundred percent here. <laughs> um, I would say maybe not a hundred percent, but you could probably pretty say pretty close. And then ten, I have Dominic Musciano. I had Connor McLean, just because she has yet to disappoint me. Yeah, I love Connor too. I think the reason why I have Dominique on my list is because, although for a lot of her gymnastics career, I was either not alive or I was alive but a fetus, so I was not able to process her gymnastics until I was older and could appreciate it. Um, I know that if I was a child in 1996 watching that Olympics, I would have absolutely loved her. I love her double went down to Georgia Florentine. She was just like a trickster, I felt like. Yeah, her gymnastics in general was super exciting. Her beam mount is iconic with the... I don't even know how you would describe that, but... Yeah, let's not try it because we're not good at describing things I know. Here. Every time we describe stuff, I'm like, wow, I should just like done you all a favor and not. Maybe we should start doing the podcast as a video and then we can just demonstrate everything. <laughs> <laughs> that is also, kind of a good idea, but also I think mostly a bad idea. <laughs> Um, anyways, yeah. So Dominique, not so much because I grew up watching her gymnastics or anything like that. I think I just appreciate her gymnastics now as I'm older. And I think that I definitely would have been a really big fan of her if I was like either alive or like conscious at that point in time. (laughs) So some differences on our list, some similarities, but I think in the end, you and I are usually in agreement on who we like, who we support, like it's not a matter of like there's somebody that you like that I don't we could come up with a list together a collective list of gymnasts that we like and we'd both be satisfied with it we're pretty much the same in terms of you know who we like and support so um I guess in terms of this specific list there was some differences there but you got me thinking about people that I just wasn't thinking about in this moment like Shintessa Palma like she was one of my favorites too so that that was fun to kind of compare those lists so thank you for the question and the final question comes from Ruby DTZ, and they want to know: Do y'all have a comfort me or routine that you watch when stressed out? That's a really good question. Yeah. So I think it changes. It depends on the time. Like as time goes on, more meets happen. You find your new comfort me, your new comfort routine. Yeah, I think it evolves. It does. Like, what was my comfort routine five years ago is different than what it is today, and so on. Like, it'll, it'll change going forward, most likely. But I would say for right now, I find myself drawn more towards college meets for some reason. Mm-hmm. I have I enjoy college meets a little bit more. It's not to say that I don't like elite, but I just I have more fun with the college routines. And I think at this particular moment, I would have to say the 2021 NCAA championships when Michigan won. Yeah. I think anyone that knows anything about us would not be surprised by this answer. Obviously, we're very big Michigan fans, and that was, like, the highlight, the peak of our gym fan life. It's one of the highlights of my actual life, believe it or not, and I wasn't even there, which makes me sad to this day. But I think it was such a feel-good moment that I can go back in time and watch it and remember exactly what we were feeling in that moment, like... Just sitting there on the couch watching and thinking like, oh my God, are they going to do it? Like, are they going to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, what's about to happen? And there was just like, all those like feelings building up. I like right now, as I'm talking about it, I get chills and I can put myself back in that moment and just how I felt 
knowing like the possibility of it and then actually as it started to look more and more and more like it was happening i literally have a big smile on my face right now i know you guys can't see me but again the video podcast (laughs) i don't want to be on video um but to that note as far as a specific routine i would probably have to say every high school's b routine the routine that clinched the national title for michigan that's just a very feel-good routine. Watching it, knowing how much pressure she was under, how beautifully she hit that routine. And then the team all huddled together waiting for the score. And then them freaking out when they realized that they did it. It's just a feel-good moment. Like, when you're feeling down, especially if you're a Michigan fan. <laughs> if you're a Michigan fan that's down in the dumps, like, this is the meat that you got to watch. That's the routine that you got to watch. It's definitely, definitely, it's definitely a feel-good routine for sure. So I would say right now... Probably that meet and then that routine in particular. But routines that I commonly find myself watching when I'm just wanting to watch gymnastics, the things I typically type in. Right now I've been on an Anastasia web kick on floor. Mm-hmm. And what's what's a bummer to me is when you get into a routine after the college season has ended. Like that happened with Anastasia Webb and then it happened with Megan Skaggs on floor as well for me. Like I I didn't necessarily care too much about the routines during the season, but then the season ends and I'm like, obsessed with the routine. When you can no longer see it. Yeah, so now all I have is just YouTube videos to watch over and over again. I didn't really appreciate it live. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's not that not that you didn't care about it. It's just that you just didn't appreciate like all of the nuances of both of their routines. And now I'm like, dude, look at these routines. Like, these are great. Look, look at the, the nuances and the details and the everything emotion in these routines like I'm all into it like it's something new and it's like yes that happened all season long yeah like where were you no I'm the same way honestly but it's fun to just go back and watch and appreciate and I'm with you I think I tend to favor college gymnastics a little bit more than I do elite especially when I'm feeling some type of way I think there's something that's so feel good about college gymnastics and the energy that those girls bring and the passion that they have for gymnastics I think that yeah, there's something to be said about it and how that can translate into you and kind of affect your mood a little bit. Like, you can't be sad when you're watching college gymnastics. It's true. And that's why it's our favorite time of the year. (laughs) Also, I want to say one more. I think this one's probably pretty obvious as well, but I would say 2004 Olympics just because that was one of our first meets as gymnastics fans. That was really the meet that made us fall in love with gymnastics. And watching that again... In 2020, when we were in quarantine, when the Olympic Channel played a bunch of Olympic replays, they played 2004 Olympic all-around final again, and it kind of made me just, like, feel like I was a kid again. Like, it took me back. Not that I want to go back (laughs) to my childhood, but... I want to be a kid again, yeah. Right, but... But the innocence of being a kid and first, like, falling in love with gymnastics, it... It brought all of that back. Like, I remember watching that, and I remember, like, some of the things that I was thinking, and, like, even just not understanding how the Olympics worked. Like, we talked about that a little bit already, but, like, asking my mom all these questions about the Olympics and being amazed by the concept of the Olympics and just that. Like, I think when I watch that meet, it takes me back to when I was a little kid, so... That has to be one of my comfort meets as well. But if you guys have any good suggestions, you should let us know. You can DM us on Instagram, Twitter, or you can send us an email. Let us know what your comfort meets are or your comfort routines are because I'm always open to new suggestions. And either way, I just want to hear what y'all have to say. So yeah, for any of these questions, if there's any of these that you have a different opinion on or whatever, let us know. We like to hear from you guys. So feel free to reach out.
Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with an interview. We haven't done an interview in a while, but we are super excited to share our interview with Reagan Ruddy. If you don't know who she is, she is the very first ever Olympic gymnast for the Cayman Islands. And we are so excited to share with you her journey and all about her Olympic experience. So we hope you guys will join us back next week. Until then, enjoy your week and we'll talk to you next Monday. Bye. Bye.